plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. On a Tuesday, thank you for tuning in. A lot to discuss. On Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked on Bengals. Subscribe on iTunes, audioboom.com. So here's how it's going to go this week. We have this show Wednesday and Thursday show. Going to try to get a Friday show in, and then I will be back next Tuesday. So we'll, we'll take uh, next Monday off, and then it's buckle your chin strap because training camp will be here next week. I'm excited for training camp. I hope you are too. And so much, so much to cover. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be down there with former Carolina Panthers quarterback, former UC Bearcat, and Longtime Cincinnatian Tony Pike will be joining me at training camp. We'll be covering it for ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW. And of course, you can hear me on those stations in each and every day. I'm going to be recording a podcast. Some of them will probably be at Paul Brown Stadium. You're going to get interviews from players, fringe guys that are trying to make the roster to stars like Andy Dalton and AJ Green, rookies that are expected to perform. John Ross, Joe Mixon. And I I keep hearing, and I, I, I hell, even now I'm programmed. I was on uh, a, a local TV station the other night, WLWT Channel 5, uh, in, in that interview. is on my blog at ESPN1530.com slash James. And, and I, I think I've brainwashed myself after listening to everybody that the offensive line is going to make or break this team. And I, I just, to me especially after what they did in the draft. Hell, I did it on the on my blog at ESPN1530.com yesterday. If the Bengals' offensive line is competent, they're going to go to the playoffs. If they're not, they won't. Ugh. It's funny how easy, how black and white it, it seems, but we know that football isn't that way. That football comes down to a bunch of little detail-oriented things. But here's what I know. Offensive line got worse, right? They got worse on paper. But what got better? I would say the defensive line got better. Secondary got better, adding William Jackson, fully healthy. Linebackers, Kevin Minner, got better. So it looks like the defense should be better in all three phases, at least by a little bit. Depth is better. Uh, You added a first-round pick. In, in the secondary, you added a, a fourth-round pick in Andrew Billings that most considered a, a higher prospect than that on the defensive line, along with Carl Lawson, Jordan Willis, third- and fourth-round picks, respectively. Well, fourth- and third-round picks in that order. So to me, defense should be better. Offense should be better. Joe Mixon, John Ross, Josh Malone, Cody Core, second year, Tyler Boyd, second year, Alex Erickson, second year, A.J. Green's fully healthy, Tyler Eifert, you expect him to be healthy. John Ross, you expect him to be healthy. Joe Mixon, better than Geo, better than Jeremy Hill. 
That's been my opinion. That will continue to be my opinion. I'm not sure there's much to shake that opinion. He's going to be good. He's going to be damn good. I think he's the most talented running back since Corey Dillon. If this is your first podcast listening to me, that won't be the, the last time you hear me say that. I've said it on the podcast multiple times. Marvin Lewis era hasn't had a, a running back as talented as Joe Mixon. Corey Dillon was banged up. Marvin Lewis's first year was the only year he had a guy like that. By the way, Rudy Johnson coming in 21st on the all-time Bengals list. That's awesome. Joe Mixon, more talent. <laughs> so I look at this team. Kicker, Jake Elliott, better. That was a big deal last year, right? Extra points are going to go in now. Hell, he could kick 50-yard field goals. So to me, call me crazy, naive, a homer. This team is better everywhere except the offensive line. And that's the one area, the one phase where you're like, uh-oh. But here's the thing. And this is it, man. Cedric Aboy, he Jake Fisher. Everyone is looking at them. Do we really trust a 30, 31-year-old Andre Smith? Do you really trust a Russell Bodine at center who... I, I trust him. Do you, do you really do? Because uh, last year, Russell Bodon was the weak link. You, me, everybody thought, man, if they could just have a good center, their offensive line would be great because they'd have Cedric Obey at right tackle, left tackle Andrew Whitworth. They're, they would be so stacked. Clint Bowling solid. Kevin Zeitler's amazing. <laughs> it's funny the difference a year makes. Now Russell Bodine is probably their second-best offensive lineman behind Clint Bowling. There's no star on this offensive line. I think Jake Fisher is going to impress, by the way. I've thought about it. I'm going to go on a limb. Cedric Obehi, we'll see. Jake Fisher is going to be good this year. Added weight. Uh, you, you heard Dave Lapham a couple weeks ago. Scroll down on iTunes and audioboom.com. He added about 30 pounds. You can listen to Lap talk about what they've done this offseason. I played a bit of it yesterday, or I played a little bit of it on my blog at ESPN1530.com, rather. I do a podcast on there as well. So you should subscribe to that iHeartRadio app along with iTunes like this podcast is. Look, ultimately, this team has its flaws. It's relying a lot on a rookie running back in Joe Mixon and a rookie wide receiver in John Ross to have an impact on offense. Because... Even though John Ross might not have huge numbers, they need him to be able to scare defenses. What he does might not show up in the stat sheet, might not show up at the end of the game. But if he can use his speed to scare defenses and it frees up a Tyler Boyd, I think it'll happen. I think Tyler Boyd's second on the team in receptions this year. On the team. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. 60 to 70 receptions, book it. Five-plus touchdowns, I, I would guess probably around 700 yards. I mean, that guy, I think he's going to be a slot machine. And a big reason why is because John Ross is going to be on the outside, stretching defenses. People are, Teams are going to double-team A.J. Green. And if Andy Dalton doesn't have a ton of time, guess what's going to happen? He's going to have to get rid of it quick, short route, Tyler Boyd, reception, machine for a, a team that has so many weapons all over the field. This team, regardless, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you have a veteran quarterback, and you have a superstar wide receiver, and you have a first-round, ninth-overall pick, you have a running back that's 
basically Leonard Fournette B, right? They, they viewed Leonard Fournette as the best running back, Joe Mixon second, talent-wise. I, I, in the draft analysts I talked to, some had Mixon ahead of Fournette and vice versa. I think Mixon's better. Call it however you see it. But let's just say the Bengals traded up in a perfect world, take the off-the-field out of it. The Bengals had the ninth pick and the tenth pick. And Joe Mixon didn't have the off-the-field. There's no doubt in my mind they would have taken John Ross and Joe Mixon. Instead, they traded back from the 41st pick, got another pick that ended up being Josh Malone, and get Joe Mixon. A lot of pressure on John Ross and Joe Mixon. Also a lot of talent. I've seen plenty of young players thrive as rookies because they have it. Joe Mixon has it. When I watched John Ross in college, the only thing that worries me is his health. But that that's like that with any first-round pick, with any player that you watch. I worry about that with Joe Mixon. If Joe Mixon stays healthy, I think he goes for 1,000 yards this year and is in line for Rookie of the Year. If not, we'll see. John Ross, I don't think he challenges for Rookie of the Year because there's so many weapons, but I think his impact can be felt. I think he can help in the running game simply by being on the field because safeties are going to have to respect a great route runner who has 4-2-2 blazing speed. The dude's intelligent. I'm not worried about playbook. I'm not worried about him comprehending the, the scheme and the system or fitting in. So this team has a veteran quarterback, a superstar wide receiver, good complementary weapons on offense. Complementary includes a Tyler Eifert in a contract year with every single motivation in the world to play well and prove that he's the guy that you saw in 2015. And then on the other side, you have Vontez Perfect leading a defense in great shape, leading a defense in a contract season. Call me crazy, I think Vontez Perfect is going to ball out this year. So you could worry all you want about the offensive line or about the pass rush. But last year, as bad as the pass rush was, and I think it's better this year, as bad as it was last year, they played pretty well in that second half because Perfect carried them. Perfect was a playmaker all over the field. And the offense let him down. Well, they drafted playmakers, put them around Andy. Now if AJ goes down for a couple games, it'll be okay. If Eifert goes down for a couple games, it'll be okay. If John Ross doesn't start the season or isn't getting a ton of playing time right away. If Giovanni Bernard takes a couple games to come back from his knee injury. The Bengals have depth. To me, I just I don't see how with an easier schedule and this infusion of talent, because the, the national writers don't get it. They don't understand it. That's why I'm glad you come here to Locked on Bengals. And please share and subscribe. It's anyone that you know that's a Bengals fan should like this and, and share this and, and hopefully subscribe to it because we're going to be giving you during training camp stuff that you're not going to get from the national guys. And yes, the national beat writers are going to come to town and they'll be there and I'll talk with them. Hell, I'll try to interview a couple of them about their impressions, thoughts on the Bengals. But let the Peter Kings, I'm talking about the real big shots, Peter King, MMQB.com, those guys. But ultimately, this team, and I, I think I look at it pretty objectively. If you heard me last year, I was very critical of the Bengals, very critical of what they did, very critical of Ken Zampezi. 
and Andy Dalton. How did they get worse? They got worse on the offensive line. Anywhere else? To me, if you get worse in one area, but every single other area is better, easier schedule, veteran quarterback, A.J. Green's healthy, Tyler Eifert's healthy, they're better everywhere. So we can freak out about the offensive line and be really dramatic about that one sore spot. And then we could look at what happened with Russell Bodine last year. He was the, the weak link. Oh, my God, Russell, what is he? Go- Second best offensive lineman they have now. And he was pretty good last year. Not bad. If you listen to our uh, recap season and review with Joe Goodberry, by the way, he will be back this year, I believe. Got to confirm that with Joe. I assume he will. But he mentioned, oh, yeah, the Bengals, they figured out how to use Russell Bodine and put him in a, a position to succeed. All right. Now Paul Alexander just has to do that with the rest of his pieces on that line. If he can, I don't see where this team got dramatically worse outside of offensive line. I don't, I don't think they got worse anywhere. Anywhere. And yes, there could be some injuries. There's also more depth. There's depth everywhere. The defensive line, depth there now. Linebackers, a little more depth. Vinny Ray might not even be a starter. Nick Vigil, more athletic. Kevin Minner, contract year. Vontez Perfect, contract year. Linebackers are going to be flying around, man. They're going to be flying around. That secondary, I've said plenty of, of things Adam Jones probably wouldn't agree with on this podcast. You don't think Adam Jones is pissed off and ready to prove to the world that he still a, can still ball? Like, can still be one of the best cornerbacks in the league? Of course he wants to. You know he's working. Especially after how his January through April went. To me, this team, coaching a contract year, veteran quarterback, added all these weapons on offense. It would it would take a a hurricane to stop them. I mean, they should average thirty. Their defense should be flying around. I think they should be really good. I I do. And I want this is what I want because I I know there are some fans out there and I have a few emails that I'm going to get to later this week. I I got them. I I don't get to them right away usually, but but I I promise you I'll either respond to you via email or I'll talk about it in your email on this podcast. Uh, Email me, jamesrpine at ESPN1530.com. What is your outlook? What is your prediction for the Bengals? I haven't seen them in training camp. And, and here's another reason why training camp, you, you might laugh at the idea of covering it every day, but last year the offensive line in training camp look, looked awful. Like It just looked bad. And Tony Pike and I covered it multiple times. What was one of their weak links, especially through the first eight weeks of the year? Offensive line. So we're going to see some clues. We're going to get an idea of what this team is in training camp. And you'll hear from Tony Pike, and I'll talk to Joe Goodberry. I'm going to talk to a bunch of different players, a bunch of different analysts. You are going to get exclusive coverage here on Lockdown Bengals. And, yeah, last year it was, oh, man, the offensive line. Because everyone was worried about wide receiver. 
and what they were going to do at wide receiver. And the one thing that stood out to me was the, the offensive line struggled mightily. Andy gets sacked seven times in New York week one. They somehow find a way to win. That was Andy's best game, maybe of his career. I'm serious. Because that was a game where Andy Dalton is the reason the Bengals won. He didn't have any more like it the rest of the year, but he was the reason they won last year in New York, hostile environment against a veteran team that had a lot to prove, and obviously they flopped. But week one, Andy's getting creamed. They somehow found a way to pull it out. So this is what I want you to do. Follow me on Twitter, at James Rapine, at LockedOnBengals. Subscribe on iTunes. That's where most of our listeners come from, iTunes. If you don't have iTunes, you can subscribe on audioboom.com. There's also a couple other things. Go to ESPN1530.com slash James. Check out the blog. There's going to be exclusive Bengals training camp coverage there. And you're also going to hear it on Locked on Bengals. I'm going to tweet out a bunch of videos of touchdowns, highlights, different things like that. If you can't get to the, the camp, training camp at all, you'll be able to see that stuff. I'm going to keep you up to date. On my Twitter, on the blog, on this podcast. I also have a podcast, iHeartRadio. Just search James Rapine on the iHeartRadio app or on iTunes and subscribe to it. Subscribe to this one. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to talk a ton this week. I'm going to get to some of your emails. What do you think the Bengals are going to do? Email me. Until next time, thank you for listening. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Podcast.